Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. I came across this article the other day. It's called The Paradox of Our Time. It was anonymous, and it's, uh, it goes this way. We have taller buildings but shorter tempers, wider freeways but narrower viewpoints. We spend more but have less. We buy more but enjoy less. We have bigger houses and smaller families, more conveniences but less time, more knowledge but less sense, more experts yet more problems. We have multiplied our possessions but reduced our values. We've learned how to make a living but not a life. We've been all the way to the moon and back but have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We've done larger things but not better things. We've conquered the atom but not our prejudice. We plan more but accomplish less. We've learned to rush but not to wait. And we build more computers to hold more information, to produce more communication than ever, but we actually listen less and less. Well, that was kind of foretelling of our time we live in. You know, our world today faces many challenges in the times we live in. Every issue seems to be magnified and magnified. <clears throat> Yet one of the hardest things we do in life is to stand up for what's right. It's certainly easier to do what's right when the trend is going that direction. But when you got to go against the cultural flow, it can be mighty hard, even intimidating. In fact, it is so intimidating that we often decide to mind our own business. Let's not cause conflict or bring tension. Let's just be accepting and non-judging and move on with a quiet, peaceful life. And we all do this to an extent. Like the saying, if you want to keep peace, don't talk about politics or religion. <laughs> it's true for families. It was true when I was in banking. The temptation is to live a life like this never confronting anything, just floating through life, trying not to get frustrated, often turning a blind eye to things we don't agree with. Well, both of our readings and our reading from the Gospel of Mark share how hard it can be to do the right thing. In our first reading, the young boy Samuel is being raised by Eli, who is the high priest in the tabernacle. He is sleeping at night, and God calls to him, and Samuel, of course, thinks it's Eli in the other room who is calling to him. And this happens three times. And then Samuel and Eli both realize it is God calling out to Samuel. And this fourth time, Samuel listens. He says, here I am. And God begins to speak to him. Well, what does he say? He says this. I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I, will, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So here's Samuel at night. And basically in this quiet moment with the Lord, God says, the high priest that is raising you, Eli, I am going to punish him for his sins and the sins of his sons. Well, Samuel wakes up in the morning, 
And Eli says, well, what did God tell you? Talk about awkward moment. And so Samuel shared the information. And shortly thereafter, Eli's two sons were killed in a battle. It's in the next chapter. And when Eli hears of his son's death, he falls over, his neck breaks, and he dies. Can you imagine you're a young boy and God gives you news like that concerning your caretaker? Well, Samuel does the right thing and he shares the information. Now, in our second reading, we have Paul mentioning the trials he went through proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. Paul wanted to do the right thing, sharing the good news of Jesus, and so he did. And what happened? Well, Paul says that they were afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Doing the right thing is easy, right? Well, they persevered. He writes, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Well, what about Jesus? He certainly did more than just preach peace and love, which is the way our culture wants to portray him so often, almost like he's everybody's best friend. But he also had the pain of doing the right thing, even when culturally he was on the wrong side of history. In fact, he got angry about it. Just Jesus and his disciples plucked heads of grain on the Sabbath day, and they were hungry. But some Pharisees accused them of breaking the Sabbath rules. And later Jesus entered a synagogue and healed a man with a withered hand. And again, he was accused of breaking the Sabbath rules, the codes of the time. And the scripture says that Jesus looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. He was angry and he was grieved. These are similar emotions we have when we see the pain and injustice in our world. Whether it's the plight of a homeless family or innocent people or even children killed, people starving, or even a friend who was hurt because of gossip and slander. What do we do with all of this, with the anger and the grief that we have? Well, we do something about it. Often we want to mind our own business or not get involved, but this is not what we see in our readings from Holy Scripture today. We were actually called for times like these, the time we live in, to stand up for the poor, the helpless, the weak, the marginalized. We are called to proclaim the good news of the gospel, even in a world that doesn't want to hear it, to share the words of Jesus in a culture that says, keep that to yourself, please. We were chosen for such a time as this. In J.R.R. Tolkien's masterpiece, The Lord of the Rings, which is a story about Frodo, who was given the task of carrying a heavy burden. And his uncle was the one who gave it to him, which was a powerful and magical ring. And yet Frodo and his wizard friend Gandalf discover its evil secrets and the need for the ring to be destroyed in the volcanic fires of Mount Doom. And Frodo is to take this ring and destroy it, despite the dangers and despite the journey they're going to go on, which is what the story is about. So what is Frodo's first response when he finds out this burden that he carries? Well, Tolkien writes this. I wish it need not have happened in my time, says Frodo. 
So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. None of us choose when we get to live. I certainly miss the 1980s and the 1990s. <laughs> I saw a meme not long ago that says, like this, if you think it was only 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we do have to decide what to do with the time that is given us. This is the, one of the lessons from Pentecost that we celebrated two weeks ago. I'm sure as the disciples were all tucked away in that upper room, waiting, wondering, and thinking, why me? Why am I called to this? Why am I here in this moment? But then the Spirit of God came into their being and empowered them to share the good news. They were appointed for such a time as this. It was not by a mistake by God that you were born. God wasn't surprised when you were born, thinking, oops, she was supposed to be born in the 18th century. What are we doing here? No, God has a plan for you. Just consider the psalm appointed for today. Listen to these words. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. If God knew us then before we were even born, then he surely knows what the future holds. In fact, it says that he knows the days that were formed for me. You're not some kind of mistake or surprise, coincidence or possibility. You are loved by God and placed here at this time and in this place, in these days, for these kinds of moments that we face. Listen to the words of St. Peter, who wrote, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. But we simply don't do this out of duty. We don't speak the truth of God by some judgmental hierarchy. We do it for the life of the world and to see others flourish. Jesus bucked the cultural system of Sabbath for the life of his disciples and for the life of the man with the withered hand. Paul proclaimed the good news for Jesus, for the life of the people. He said in our reading today that in his life is death, but life of Jesus is in them. Bishop N.T. Wright put it this way, if you want to see resurrection at work here and now in your own life, you have to be prepared to see crucifixion at work as well. Jesus gave his life up for the life of the world. We are also called to give up our lives for the life of the world. 
And that is the heart of the gospel. Grace. It's a gift to all of us. And we return that gift to the people around us. And so in these days, these days that God created us for, don't just sit back. Don't just be quiet and hope the thunder rolls away. Don't grow fearful of the ever-shifting tide of evil. But be prayerful. Be watchful. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Be ready to share God's love, to share God's truth with gentleness and respect. Yes, we will make mistakes. But if you are called of God, God has called you and given you a mission in this world. Let us be faithful to that mission. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.